From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm Tammy Katzoff, and in each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Jennifer Apple, class of 2012, an actor and coach currently based in Los Angeles. As I do with all of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when Jennifer became interested in her occupation. I started out singing when I was like really, really young. And I had, you know, I still have cassette tapes of me singing when I was, I don't know, two or three years old. I don't know, like little lullaby songs. And I would do performances in my living room and require my family members to sit and watch me. And then eventually with that, the love of singing inspired my parents to luckily give me voice lessons. And then I started doing community theater. And then eventually I went to theater camp. And then in high school, I you know was in all the productions and choir and all of that. And I think theater camp really was that monumental turn for me where I was like, oh, wait, I can actually like kind of do this. There are people here who are doing this, um, which, you know, once I... Uh, graduated high school and then chose to go to Muhlenberg. I think I, I fostered that love there. Moved back to New York after Muhlenberg. Did a lot of mostly regional musical theater, but kind of wanted to do more on camera work and straight plays and a mentor of mine. Actually, in addition to Francine Roussel, who, you know, at Muhlenberg, uh, she gave me a little chat and she was like, you know, in her amazing little French accent that I do not want to butcher. I was mm-hmm. like, you're in between types. You might as well, you know, go go to grad school. And I was like, okay, I applied to grad school. And then I, I got in and I went to grad school, um, got my master's in acting. So I think it's just kind of like it became a roller coaster and a bit of a trajectory and things just kind of happened one on top of, each, of another. Where'd you go to grad school? Uh, the American Conservatory Theater out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Glad you went. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I feel like if anybody's thinking of going to grad school, it's I mean, I obviously learned a lot in terms of the craft and in terms of being an artist and developing my voices as an actor and all of the things that one would want out of grad school. But for me, I think grad school was even more about, frankly, the confidence and the resilience and thinking about this career as a long goal, a marathon versus a sprint and Mm -hmm. the ways in which I can use my own creativity to foster opportunity, the relationships that I had built then and will continue to build after my classmates being a huge, huge support system Mm. that I will always have for the rest of time. Can you tell us about the highlights of your professional career so far? This past year, I have been on tour with the first national of the band's visit. Uh, that for sure was a huge moment for me in my career to originate a role in a tour to bring a show like the band's visit, which won 10 Tony awards, you know, around the country to places that perhaps hadn't seen a show that was similar to the band's visit, the music, the sounds, the language that was a huge opportunity. And one I'm incredibly grateful for, I booked uh, my first role on uh, New Amsterdam um, off of a comedic monologue that I, they didn't actually ask me for. Um, and that was really, really cool. Mm. Um, and I also, I, while in grad school, I developed two vastly different uh, solo shows that I am hopeful at some point in my future, I will continue to develop and perhaps bring around 
um, and other places, but uh, to create work that speaks to my heart in one very comedic and one a bit more dramatic ways is something that I'm really, really proud of myself for. So let's dive a little further into both the theater work and the television work. So when you are in a production like The Band's Visit, what is a typical day like for you from getting up to finally crashing? While on tour, you mean? Yes. The cool thing about tours, I mean, first of all, you're, you're moving around often, uh, depending on the various contract you're on. For us, the shortest stint that we had on our tour was a week, but we were in you know Canada and Toronto for five weeks. So there were times where you got to be in a city for a bit longer. And in those situations, you had a bit more of a schedule, a routine. You, can, you started to uh, get to know the place and the various locations that you wanted to explore, that you enjoyed being a part of. Um, so I'd say it kind of varied, which is su- super fun and also you know can be a bit daunting when you just want to stay put. But that is the challenge and joy of tour. So you know, I think it really would depend. Ideally, I, I would love to explore the city throughout the day. You know, as an actor who's in a show, once it's up and running, you pretty much just go to work for your performance, you know, a half hour or so beforehand. Every once in a while, you'll have rehearsals and you'll have a put in for any new people. But other than that, you know, it's your days are pretty much yours. So I'd say when you're in the theater, you tend to be a bit of a night owl, maybe whether or not I'm a theater person, I probably would be a night owl anyway, but I maybe wake up later than some might deem responsible, but say lovey and make myself a cool little breakfast, probably some eggs, and then go for a walk around the city, maybe go to a museum, try to explore different neighborhoods. I really do love finding like a local cafe and getting some work done in that capacity really trying very hard to immerse myself in the culture of the place that I'm in at the time. Hmm. Obviously weather dependent, but yeah, outside walks, lots and lots and lots of walks, a lot of steps on my little Fitbit Hmm. and then go to work. Okay. So let's talk about, so you said New Amsterdam, right? Yeah. How Mm -hmm. long were you on that? And what was that like? I had a one little episode. Um, It was amazing. Uh, things were kind of crazy because I had, I graduated from grad school. I was in the mix for the band's visit. I booked the band's visit. Then I booked New Amsterdam. And then I started rehearsals for the band's visit. So all these things happened really, really quickly. But it was my first time ever on a network um, set. So that alone was really, really cool. And it was uh, a really warm set, which I had heard through the grapevine about that particular cast and TV show. And it, it held true. I mean, every single person, no matter whether they were the leads or not, like they were people and they were happy and professionals. So when the cameras were rolling, they were doing their thing. And when they stopped people of all the you know, crew cast, whatever, everybody was interacting and being supportive of each other. I had an absolute blast. I, I played a nurse uh, during a blackout. Everything was crazy. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really cool day. When you are working, what are for you the most challenging parts of your job and what are the most rewarding parts if those two are different? Are we talking specifically with the band's visit or do you just mean in general as an actor? Um, well, yeah, yeah, in general as an actor. Let's, let's start there. As an actor, I think you need to be comfortable with instability. You need to be comfortable with the unknown. I mean, comfort is a very relative term, but you mm-hmm. need to 
to be familiar with that feeling and accept the fact that at various points in your life and in your career, you will find yourself in a place where you might not necessarily have something planned in the immediate future. And that's okay. So I think the daily balance of keeping yourself in check and also checking on yourself, you know, whenever I I coach and whenever I teach, and I get this question often when I go to other universities and schools, and these kids ask me like, you know, what is the advice you'd give a young actor? Like, honestly, it's self-care. I know that's totally maybe not what you think I'd say, but I really do think that if you are not feeling your best as a person or you're not in touch with where you are in of a given moment, you will not do your best work no matter whether you want to or not. I think mm-hmm. the self-awareness and the, and the desire to give oneself a bit of love on a daily basis is like paramount in order to do this for the long haul. Because whether you're an actor or not, life can be really hard. And then throw in the instability and the uncertainty of being an actor on top of that, you know, it's, you really have to be kind to yourself. And I'd say that that is both the hardest and the best thing about this, where the awareness of how you are doing on a daily basis is your greatest strength and also a really big challenge. Mm-hmm. How and when did you get into coaching and, and what do you get from that? Oh man. Yeah. Coaching. I, I guess in the back of my brain, I'd always been like, you could be a, you'd be proud of a good teacher. You would love it, but you do, you do it. And uh, when I was in grad school, a part of um, the program was a teaching component where we would go out into the community. There's a downtown high school. They'd come to our school. We'd teach with them as well. On our second year of grad school, we do a Shakespeare tour and it goes to different schools in the community. So a part of my training was about teaching and coaching and um, how to how to bring the arts into the community. And mm-hmm. while doing that, I think I fostered a bit of a love for that and a recognition that actually teaching makes me a better actor. I have to be clear of what I'm trying to make somebody do or a note that I'm giving. If I don't know what I'm talking about for my own self, like how am I possibly able to give that note to somebody else? Mm. It strengthened me as an actor. Um, And as I started to venture out of grad school, I started taking on a few clients in terms of BFA and MFA coaching. Um, So undergrad and grad school coaching. And that kind of started to spiral a little bit. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm good at this. Oh, wait, I actually really enjoy this. And I'd say while on tour, while I'm going through these various communities, I, I, through the tour and also on my own, preemptively reaching out to various friends and yada, 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 I was teaching masterclasses constantly in various cities and building up the... um, more masterclass format as opposed to just one-on-one. And while on tour, I was like, okay, you really actually are good at this and you also really love this. And Mm. this can equally be part of your life. And I have since really developed it out. And, you know, I'm currently teaching on a a month-long intensive with a bunch of students that um, I had taught a masterclass for in the fall. And now I've built something out specifically for their needs that we're currently doing at the moment. I have a bunch of clients that I work on for they're acting the song pieces, uh, coaching up their monologues. And I also do something that I call monologue sourcing, where I basically um, chat or meet with a person, learn about who they are. And then I go off on my own and I hand select 15 to 20 pieces for them and what they're interested in and what they're passionate about. And, you know, I accrued a huge monologues 
uh, collection while I was at grad school trying to find monologues for myself. And now they're coming in handy. So yeah, it's, it's been something that I really find joy with and something that I'm, I'm really hoping to continue developing and expanding with time. As far as your acting career, uh, who is on your team, your support team? I imagine you have an agent. No, I don't you do not have an agent. So what's that no. like? <laughs> it's lonely. <laughs> um, honestly, it's, it's, I, and I say this to people who are like, what, you don't have an agent? You booked a national tour? You booked a TV show? How'd you do it? Here's the thing. When and if you have an agent, which one day I really hope to have that right person who is on my team with me, your work doesn't stop. You know, I, m- many of my friends who have representation, like the things that they're booking, they're still booking on their own. Mm. Their reps are helping them finagle the details and the the contracts and the money aspect of things, which, you know, I wish I had had when I was trying to negotiate some of my contracts. They love you. You learn a lot while doing it on your own. Mm -hmm. So what I will say to that is, you know, I'm not, I know my hustle. Um, I'm going to work harder for myself than anybody ever will for me. And when, and if I have a person on that team that will not stop. But thus far, I haven't necessarily either found or been introduced to or clicked with the person that I felt would support me and vice versa. Before the pandemic started, I I was in um, some really awesome meetings with potential representation, but uh, here we are now. So Mm. I do have a commercial uh, agent that I've been working with for a really long time and I, I love them very much. They're the coolest people, but in terms of, you know, on camera work and theater and all of that. I'm, I'm a lone shark at this point. Probably everybody listening understands that the entertainment industry has changed amongst many industries. So what is your life like nowadays? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's a roller coaster of emotions. I feel like the world at large is, is really hard to take in some days. There's a lot of sadness and a lot of loss and a lot of grief and Again, it goes back to self-care and trying to really give myself time to accept that my normal of what I do is most likely going to be the last, if not one of the last things to come back. What we do as artists is intimate. It requires intimacy. It requires sharing a room and a space with other human beings and storytelling. Like that is literally the fundamental part of being an actor and an artist. Um, And unfortunately, until they're, you know, is a vaccine, we're not going to be able to do that in the ways that it used to be. So I have really been pivoting a lot towards my coaching. And in many ways, those doors have become a bit more open in terms of my accessibility to people I might not have otherwise been accessible beforehand, you know, like with Zoom and and video chatting, you can reach anybody anywhere. I'm, I'm currently coaching and teaching for this company that while I was on tour, I was doing masterclasses with in person. And now they've, you know, switched everything to online. And these, there are people who I taught a class yesterday and someone tuned in from uh, Moscow. Someone was tuning in, people were tuning in from England. Like I had people that I would obviously never have been teaching if it Mm. wasn't for this. So in that respect, you know, it's, it's, the world is smaller, but in terms of the daily, like, you know, am I able to go and act for a bunch of people? No. Do I worry about how we will come back from this financially? artistically, the support from everyone around us, like what will the interest be in terms of people wanting to congregate together? I think that fear is alive and well, and, you know, acknowledging that is a, is something that we all have to do, but there are creative outlets and ways 
to do what we do in, in different formats. So, you know, Zoom play readings and developing new work in, in ways that we might not otherwise have that once this pandemic is over, they'll be ready to go, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So trying to stay ahead of the curve a little bit. At the other end of this, when things do get back to normal, as normal as they can be, mm-hmm. how do you think the industry will be changed or, or will it? Will it not have changed? Will things go back to the way they used to be? I don't know how they can, honestly. I feel like in some ways, I I believe this to be an opportunity for us to really, really get clear on what's actually important and what is necessary for this craft and what's necessary for your artists that you're employing. What are some of the precautions and the, the institutions that we can put in place so that in a situation where something like this could ever happen again, we don't have to go through, you know, an entire industry being wiped out. I'm curious about that. And I'm hopeful to the, you know, there are certain institutions that are taking this time to really, really restructure and really refocus on what it is that they do and the ways in which they can do it. And those are the institutions that I'm drawn to, you know, I, in terms of, you know, a larger scale production and, and producers who are needing money. And I understand that that's an aspect of the business too, and they need to do what they need to do. But I'm interested in the ways in which they could rethink how they can be producing something. And then it doesn't just become a trickle down effect of the people on top making the most and the people like myself on the bottom who are creating your art are, are you know, unsupported. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about how we can come back. I don't think there is any way for it to go back to normal. I, I don't, I really don't. Uh, at least even if there were a vaccine, like there's, there are people who have experienced a breadth of experiences through this that are reshaping the way that they are going to interact with human beings, period. Um, mm-hmm. And what does that mean for us as artists whose sole job is to be people and showcase the human experience like you can't deny that this was something that has happened i don't think is there an actor who whose career you've thought that's what i want i want i want that career path yeah i mean she's kind of like newly on our radars but oh phoebe waller bridge she is slaying the game right now i mean she had her one woman show which i just think about in terms of like what i could do and then she's a writer which you know when i was at muhlenberg i i minored in creative writing so like i do have that in my, my tool house and i i want to be creating my own work i want to do on camera work she's in all these writers rooms now i just feel like she's kind of bridging the gap between what theater can be what tv what potentially down the line movies will be. Uh, she really has an incredible trajectory. She's just kind of hitting her stride, I think, now. So mm. it's just a matter of time to see what happens in the future. One wonders how, well, again, before everything kind of shut down, how she had time to do all the things that she was doing because producing, writing, acting, and more, that's um, mm-hmm. a lot. It's a- yeah, I mean, there are a lot of amazing artists who are doing that. You know, you, you think about like, Reese uh, Witherspoon who mm. you know she's had her production company and then she did Big Little Lies and she's did Little Fires Everywhere and she's acting and she's direct you know she's doing all these things too so there are many incredible women out there who in who are doing that exact thing Charlize Theron is another one I believe that us women uh, can can do everything really um you know Beyonce has the same amount of hours in a day that we do so if she can make it happen I don't know why I can't <laughs> it's true for anyone listening who is interested in becoming a working actor, what kind of guidance would you give them? 
again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes you don't hit your stride until you're much older. Sometimes the industry doesn't necessarily find a place for you now. And so it's up to you to A, create your own opportunities, Mm. B, create your communities that support you in what you are doing. I think the biggest detriment to any artist is allowing people who don't necessarily understand what it is to be an actor to define like this question of what are you doing? Like, what are you up to? What do you have coming up? Which somehow equates their, their activities to quote unquote success or being unsuccessful. I think it's, you need to define that for yourself through the communities that support you through your own self-worth. If this is something that you want to do and pursue, it will not be easy. It is, it is a roller coaster all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you find yourself on a super high and then sometimes you find yourself on a super low and taking those extremes as opportunities to really learn about who you are and how you cope in these ways are, is only going to strengthen you as an actor. Um, I say get, get training whenever you can. Continue your training. Feel free to reach out to me if you would like. <laughs> but, you know, even I'm still learning all the time. And that's the beauty of what we do. And we're always transforming. And that's incredible. So be curious. Become a person with interests. Don't just make your life about the job that you're going to book. Make it about the things that make you happy. And I guarantee those jobs will come to you. Mm. Oh, and find your people. Like the people that, that love you and want to do work with you. Like there's a reason certain actors like famous actors always work with the same directors and vice versa. It's not because there aren't other people who can't do that job. It's just because they have a great rapport. They love working with each other. They have a blast and they want to keep doing that all the time. And instead of walking into an audition room and trying to make every single person love you, it's not going to happen. It's life. And it's also this business. So really be more interested in showing up, doing the work, really being present, sharing a part of yourself saying, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And if they love it, you're going to work really well together. And if they don't like it, you probably wouldn't work well with them anyway. Mm. So don't put so much stress on like pleasing everybody. I'd say really do it mostly for you. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by me, Tammy Katzoff, Associate Director of the Muhlenberg College Career Center. It was recorded remotely and engineered by Paul Kremposky at the studios of WMUH, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.